Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Questioning a better way, one gracefully disruptive conversation at a time. Without further ado, let's, this is Turmeric and Tequila, we're excited to have you guys. Um, It's literally free reign to talk about whatever you guys want to talk about. I want to make sure we touch on projects coming up for 2019. Um, But then anything that you guys want to talk around, around voice to young women, shaking up the industry, favorite color, how you um, groom your pets into livestock animals, which Katie does do. Um, (laughs) Literally anything, margaritas. So why don't you, Amber, do you want to start with a quick intro overview of who you are and what you have going on and then Katie can go and then we'll jump in. Definitely. Um, so I'm Amber Dodds White Rapasta. Rapasta was the add on when I married my hunk of a nutrition husband, nutritionist husband. Um, He's adorable. um, so I have been in the fitness industry. I think I was just talking that my first cover came out in 2008 Um, And when that happened, it was kind of an industry upset because I had never competed. Um, I had never, I was like a total unknown to the fitness industry as a whole. And so um, Oxygen Magazine actually took a big risk. And I was kind of one of the first girls that they put on the cover that kind of had like a more of a girl next door with abs sort of look. And uh, it worked. And so since then, I've booked... 12 covers, I think it is. And I'm one of the Oxygen Magazine Challenge Coaches this year. It starts May 6th. Awesome. So I'm really excited about that. And I, the story is so long to put in this intro, but I will say that I am <laughs> having a margarita currently. And the recipe will be on a blog that Oxygen actually will post because yes. I, whatever it is that uh, small yays are for wine. I am for margaritas. So I have made the end all be all of skinny margaritas and I'm freaking real proud of it. Wait, can you just, can you just give us a preview? Because I might make one before we have to go work out. I'll just tell you what it is right now. So you need, I use, uh, El Jimador silver tequila or whatever, whatever silver tequila you have on hand. You need an ounce of that. Then you need two whole limes squeezed a half of a lemon squeeze. Uh, you need about a half an ounce of triple sec and then one packet of Truvia or a teeny tiny scoop of pure Stevia. Okay. Actually, I don't, uh, I don't think I have the Stevia. But if you don't have that, I would say you're going to want a little sweetness in there. Um, you could... Whatever you have for a sweetener around, the recipe that I just gave you, it comes out to like 130 calories, 9 grams of carbs. Oh, that's not bad at all. Nope. How much tequila do you use? An ounce. Oh, okay. So how many of those do you have? Like five or six? (laughs) Well, it depends on what night it is. It's Friday. So this is number one. You never know where it might go. Except, I mean, no, this is a safe zone. No, zero judgment. (laughs) People will direct message me all the time and they're like, well, don't you... Are you concerned about promoting alcohol? And I'm like, you know what? First of all, I have the utmost respect for that question. And I have had to check myself um, about this question quite a bit because it can be um, sort of a risky and uh, touchy topic because when it comes to people having sensitivities and maybe more of an issue, 
I like to respect them. And so um, I think that when people reach out to me, it just reminds me to kind of like be delicate about the topic. But the fact that this podcast is called Turmeric and Tequila, I feel yeah. like people know what they're getting their, themselves into. So I'm going to Right. Well, it's, I mean, it's, it's the balance of all things. Yes. Which is my favorite thing of all time. This, so I'm trying to plug in my computer because it's like about to die. I'm literally like one half of an inch away from the book. Okay, I think you got it. From making it work? I'm watching her, you guys, just to be a visual. <laughs> yes. She's like running circles around the table that we're on, knocking stuff over. Everything's making noise. And it's like a whole like circus production happening right now. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so the, yeah, the whole base of Turk and Tequila really is, um, that point of like balancing conversation and, and like being all things. Like, I think it's really important that you're a fitness human, but there's, I mean, even too much fitness can be too much of a thing. Um, we you just, gotta, you gotta be real to people to show them balance and real. Cause that's what people are. Like they're not, you know, fitness and paleo and all the things all the time. Some are, but for the most part. You know, people are just trying to live and, and do things right, I want to say, 80% of the time. And even that's a lot. So I think it's okay to show that human side and be fitness professional and also margarita consumer and connoisseur. Katie is um, a Taco Bell. I'm a Taco Bell <laughs> aficionado. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like that yeah, a lot. I think I ate about 20 fire sauce packets in under 15 well, minutes. Well, I, I want to call a girl out, but I will say I didn't get any of my order. So somebody ate. <laughs> I was left with like one nacho or something and then everyone just had like wrappers. So, yeah. but anyways, yes, it's definitely safe space. It's definitely about balance and, um, and I, I, and I really do think fitness and the obsession around counting carbs or your abs or whatever can be equally as destructive. Um, uh, yes, I completely agree with that statement. That's cutting that out. Um, and so we can jump right into that right there. I think uh, with you guys having such a wealth of experience um, in the industry and seeing it change and bringing like two different perspectives to the table, I think it's really noteworthy to talk about young women and the image in the industry and how influencer marketing, Instagram, and everything is impacting what our young girls uh, see today. Mm-hmm. How do you guys, how do you guys view that now? And what is something you want to do like for the future to positively impact that? Uh, Katie, do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go? No, I'll, I'll jump so in. Polite. Yeah, um, go, go. I, it's funny that you bring this up because on, on the plane over here, the guy was like, oh, what do you do? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> it's, so to, it's yeah. so hard to explain yeah. my profession to, especially someone who's older, who the, I, the words social media, like, are just a big question mark to them. Yeah. Like, they don't understand. So I was just kind of telling him bits and pieces in a way that he could maybe understand. understand. Yeah. Yeah. But what was your question about the girls? Like, So, I mean, you, you just see nowadays, like with our young people, they're consuming, and this is my heart space, right? I see right. whether it's young girls or boys or whatever, you're so impacted by what social media is and what's out, and it's in your everyday right. and it's happening it's younger normal. and younger. It's right. the new normal and it's not going anywhere. And I think we've come to this place where especially young girls are constantly comparing themselves mm-hmm. to this streamlined perfection all the time. And it's not realistic. And so my mission and my hope is that through my career on social media, I can be someone who shows them a realistic, you know, is a light for them and a role model more than just like 
I don't know. I feel like so many girls look on social media and they just feel bad about themselves because yeah. they're just comparing themselves constantly. Well, a lot of it's edited. It's not oh, it's, yeah, it's such a sham. Right. Everything's sham. Right. Well, so like, the world. Yeah. <laughs> all smoke and mirrors. Like, bringing people into the industry and bringing them up who are good, real people that, mm-hmm. that our young people can actually learn from. Um, Amber, yeah. I want to let you respond here. Um, but I just want yeah. to say really quick. Um, I, yes, I couldn't agree more that it's highlighting that real and it, even just coming off <laughs> the margarita and the, you know, talk about conversation. I think even talking about these real human points and highlighting that via social media is huge. So people do understand that it's not all buffered. It's not all edited and, and there is balance to all these things. Yeah. So, but specific, yes, Amber, tell me your thoughts. I was listening to a podcast and it was a social psychologist that was talking about uh, the implications of social media. And so when social media became accessible um, to everyone, the self-harm rate between uh, from the ages of 10 to 14 for girls went up 200%. So it didn't happen to boys. Boys seem to not have the same sort of reaction that girls do to social media. Um, but now what we're dealing with is girls from the ages of 10 to 14, and this is just where the study lied. They're, they're hurting themselves, um, because they, they're not understanding that what they're seeing on social media isn't reality. And so if, I think that if you would kind of extend this study to women in their twenties and thirties and beyond, that you would see the same thing, maybe not self-harm, but just definite, everyone's having an issue with this. And I think that as social media influencers, what we are underestimating is the responsibility that we have as far as what we're putting out there. It's, it's interesting because, you know, when you're in the social media world, your primary concern tends to be how many followers do I have? Is my engagement high? Um, do companies want to work with me and can I make money doing this? And if all of those check marks are checked, we seem to be okay. But I think that what we're leaving out and what we're forgetting is how influential we actually are. Like we we're more influential than kids, parents, their best friends, their, you know, women, we're, we're more influential to women than their own families are. And so we are like, modern day marketing like it was back when um you know supermodels were a huge deal now the the new like and i hate to use this like correlation but we are what professional athletes and supermodels used to be back in the day as social media influencers and we don't understand the implications like we either can determine a positive outlook or a negative one based on what we're putting out there. Mm -hmm. So I personally try to just say, Hey, and by the way, when you are in social media or, um, you know, you you get a lot of airtime as far as publications and magazines and blah, 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 your insecurities don't go away. We all have them. So I think that we just need to kind of step up as influencers, women particularly, and just kind of say, Hey, you know what? We're all having a hard time here and we, we can do a better job. That's, that's what I think. Yeah. I I got a healthy dose of that reality when we were in Ohio for the Arnold Mm -hmm. and after seeing like the girls that would come to meet me at the booth, 
we would leave and I was just, I had this heaviness on me. Like I was just like, it was a big slap of reality. Like, wow, I really do have a huge influence in these young minds. And the responsibility of that was like so heavy. And I was like, it was good. It was a good, healthy realization. Um, Yeah. Because if you don't have that face-to-face interaction, you don't really realize impact that you really do have on them right and I think it I mean social media is crazy because it's it's amazing that everything streamlines instantaneous all the time but yes if you don't see it firsthand you don't see who you're impacting by what you're saying and that responsibility piece is totally missed because you don't really see it or you just put up funny things or it's you're disconnected or it's just a joke all you see is numbers like she said all you see is your engagement you get sucked into it and I I think that responsibility piece, um, and certainly something I want to highlight, just having worked with influential people such as yourselves, where you do see that impact, you see how important it is. And then I coached women's lacrosse, gosh, for nine years um, at high school. And this was even a little bit before, God, this was like 2000, I don't know, 10-ish, 11-ish, um, mm-hmm. really before Instagram and influencers were taking off. And I saw the impact there. So it, it's very relevant in my mind how truly influential it is. And I agree with you, Amber, when you say, you know, you guys are the new Michael Jordans or athletes or whatever, because it, it, people do look at it as reality, particularly young people, and they don't have the buffers because their parents didn't grow up with it. So they can't say this isn't real or they just don't have a lot of experience around it. So, and they don't really even see what their kids are seeing. So I think that responsibility conversation and the awareness around that is instrumental. Um, and the more you guys are talking about that and bring that on, which it's, a, it is a heavy responsibility. Like it's, it's a lot. It's, but I also think, we're kind of at this point in disruption where the, the cream's rising to the crop, like to the top where you are, you know, you've had to weather the storm and do what you have to do, to do. But now the consumers, the audience, our young people are getting a little bit more smart around editing photos or believing who's really talking about real stuff or if they're just being paid. Um, I do see a little bit of evolution there, which gives me some faith. They kind of weeded out. Yeah, but definitely. Also, what yeah. we're dealing with now with this whole like millennial crew is they, A, they're not ashamed of who they are, which I love that about them. And B, they can sniff out a fake from a mile away and they'll call you on it. Yes. So, and that's what's happening. That's what's happening right now with we, the pendulum swung too far in one direction and now it's going to swing in the opposite direction. And that direction is going to be, if you're not real and you're not telling me something that is true, I'm going to tell you that I don't believe you and I'm going to tell you, you know, and that's what we're dealing with. And I, I'm all for it. And that's kind of where I think this industry needs to go. We've seen the over-sexualization of fitness. We've seen a lot of fraudulent, you know, kind of posting that have, that has fooled a lot of people. But I think that now what we're going to see is just kind of like, all right, if you're not putting something out that's real, you're, you're kind of, kind of get skewered for it. Absolutely. And I, and I, it's not just our, it's exciting time knowing the consumer does have so much power. So they, the sooner they can understand that and vote and make choices with their dollar, the better. And then companies start paying attention instead of just paying person because of X amount of followers or whatever, um, which is larger conversation there as well. Then they start paying attention to like, okay, let's do talk about engagement. Let's do meet this person face to face and not just pay per post and then track that and see what sales come. There's just, 
it's such an evolving space, even on the company side. But once the dollars start paying attention, then that can just forward the message that much more, that much faster on a larger platform. Um, and that's certainly something we've really tried to do with the Laura's ambassador team, get to know you guys, um, hear you speak, you know, see what you have done, but also like what you want to do and where you want to go and how we yeah. can help facilitate that message because it is so critical. Um, and nutrition and eating obviously is instrumental in, you know, how you perform, but mental health and all these things. But if you don't have the right people talking about it, that genuinely care and, uh, you know, have done their own homework and are genuine fans, it, it's a disservice to the community, but it's also a disservice to the actual ambassador or influencer um, in diluting your guys' brand invoice because companies can recoup, but you guys as humans can't really. Um, right. So there's points to be rebranded, but it's really hard once you've aligned with someone. So it takes time. There, there's accountability on both sides, which I think is really, really great. Yeah, definitely. I think for people like Amber and myself who are in the fitness world, um, mm-hmm. we need to step up to the plate to cross that boundary from fitness and also health in general. So mental health yeah. and taking on that responsibility of preaching and talking about these things to our followers mm-hmm. instead of just, you know, what we've seen so far, you know what I mean? Like I feel yeah. like it's an under discussed topic. Well, I think Definitely. a lot of people, there was some stat that more people follow fitness influencers than any other genre or niche, um, probably because they like looking at the fitness human, but they also like to just see what they're doing even if they're not doing it. And I think expanding the conversation from fitness specifically just to lifestyle, like if you're just walking or eating a little bit better, you don't have to be a fitness enthusiast. It's just literally about living a better way. Um, and knowing that like if, you know, sexiness or half naked photos, whatever kind of draws that attention, I'm not even against that just so then you can put like meaningful content behind it and then at least get them to ask larger conversations around, okay, well, wait, does what I eat really impact my brain? Like, is this a, a, you know, a piece of mental health? And on that note, we'll shift a little bit. I, I would love to hear from you guys how on your personal journey, how, you know, fueling and nutrition and fitness has helped shape your journey and, and help you be where you're at right now. I don't know who wants to go first. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let, I'll let Katie, Katie, I, I love that she's so quiet. She's such a good listener. Oh my gosh. All right. I'll take it. I wish I had a margarita. Yeah. Up a bit more. No, just kidding. I mean, we can make that happen. If you want me to make you something, you let me know. It's too cold. Tequila's in too late. Yeah. Okay. You're going to make, okay. I'm going to let her explain this and I'm going to make her drink. I think what she's poking at here is that, um, I, so let me tell you a little background about my fitness journey. Let's do backgrounds too after this. Okay. Yeah, go. Um, so fitness for me started in college. I went to college on an art scholarship to San Diego state. And I was like, art was my passion. I had no other interest, nothing. Like I was going to draw, I was going to own an art studio. That was my plan. And I got to college and you know, I, I had done sports my whole life. So I was pretty athletic and always, you know, I never struggled with, weight gain or just being unhealthy I was pretty healthy my whole life until I got to college I never played college sports so my you know I moved to a different state I ate whatever I wanted I started partying did the typical college girl thing um and I didn't exercise and all of a sudden I started to gain all this weight and I was like what the heck like I've never looked like this before I've never felt so unhealthy what is going on And so I joined my school gym and my workouts consisted of walking on the treadmill for 10 minutes and then leaving because I didn't know what I was doing. 
and um, slowly started to, that's kind of when Instagram was born, I think. And I slowly started to see that fitness world on social media kind of um, exploding. And I just. What I was, year was this? This was, I guess it was 2012 or 13. Okay. Um, and I thought, okay, I could do a fitness competition. That would get me in, sh- in the shape that I wanted to be in. So um, I did my first bikini competition in the NPC and. I completely fell in love with fitness and my whole life completely changed. And, um, it's kind of been a crazy roller coaster since then, but I've done a few different shows. I did powerlifting, which was so much fun and I miss it so much. Like it it was so fun to train for strength and power. And like, I, I loved muscle. I got super muscular and I loved that. Um, and then right around, actually I'm skipping a step. Back, back up a while um, when I did bikini competitions and fitness was my life. It changed my major. Um, I'm like, I don't need to be an artist. Like, I don't need to, to major in art to be an artist. People don't buy your artwork because you have a degree. They buy it because you're good. Mm-hmm. So I thought, this is a waste of my money. I should get something else for my degree. So I, oh, thanks. She literally just made it. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Amber, we're, now we're officially drinking with you now. So we're, we're I literally drink. was like, what is she doing in the background? Sounds like she's having a drink. <laughs> I'll just send you the video of the debacle. There is Turk in here. So I literally, I just, this is KO margarita. I don't want to interrupt this actual flow, but it's literally just tequila, LaCroix, lime juice, and a slice of turmeric, the root. Turmeric and tequila. It's not going to be as good as mine, but I won't judge you. (laughs) You got to love your own place. They have to drink this drink. Did you find that when you were training for powerlifting that you your mental state you felt more solid than when you were preparing for a bikini competition? Oh. Excuse my French, but fuck yeah. But when you like, said when you were training powerlifting? powerlifting. I was oh. so so let me kind of tell you my mental like battle. Um when I did bikini competitions, when you're in that flow, it's like cut game cut game cut game right. what that yo-yoing does to your body first and your mental state second is in it's unreal like right so I feel like anybody who has gone through that will say the same thing that their hormones get messed up I lost my period I was just you see with your mental obsessed mental with men's wrestlers my body fat percentage yeah. like I, I and I, I was one of the ones who handled it better than anyone else I knew like I never yeah. hated way that I looked yeah but I was obsessed about my look all the time mm-hmm. um and so I was like you know this isn't this isn't healthy anymore and I I need my period back number one that really freaked me out actually were you enjoying any part of it or was it all of it it was it was like high and lows you know yeah. the highs were competing and you, you looked phenomenal things were happening for me I was getting sponsorships I was getting attention on social media like I saw a career promise you know yeah. And, um, so I was like, this is, it was a great way to, to get my foot in the door in the industry and to like kind of make a name for myself. Sure. So I'll give it that, but, um, it was too extreme and, you know, competing is extreme mm-hmm. bottom line. It is. And so doing something that extreme over so at such a long period of time, you're going to burn out. Right. Um, so anyway, I did a, the bikini competitions and then I got diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. That's the turning point that I said, okay, what I'm doing is not healthy. I don't know if competing pushed me over into that. that. 
Wait, I'm not it... sure because my whole family has arthritis. I was going to say it's genetic. genetic. Okay. But there is argument on like hormonal changes that kind of making me that way. So wow. I don't know. I was just laying in bed and my whole body, I felt like I was filled with cement and I couldn't move and my joints were just so painful. It was so bad. Wow. Um, so I went to the doctor. They prescribed me all these intense medications. So the doctor said no training. He said I couldn't train. And that was like a freaking death sentence to me. I was like, what do you mean I can't train? Yeah. Like, because I have this, like, it was just, it was awful. It was a total death sentence. And I'm, so I got mad at the doctor. I'm like, screw this guy. I'm going to go do my own research. Went home. He had prescribed me all these harsh medications. He prescribed me um, a medication called methotrexate, and it's a chemotherapy drug. It's an auto. It's an immune suppressant. So basically, he said you're going to be able to get sick a lot easier than you used to be because it just suppresses yeah. your immune system. Um, you're going to have low energy. Usually, people need to be on an antidepressant when they're on this. So he prescribed that, Ugh. and he said he couldn't train. I'm like, wait, this is not what it's I'm. Your whole life. This is not going to be me. I was like, no way. So I went home. The first thing that came up on a Google search about rheumatoid arthritis homeopathic treatments was this thing called the anti-inflammatory diet. It was right there. It was so easy. I'm like, why is this not the first thing that was given to me? But anyway, so I tried that. I ended up being a vegetarian for over a year, and I was able to completely control my symptoms. And every time that I I found that meat was a big trigger for me, especially meat that was um, not good quality meat. Like if I just bought the the cheapest thing on the shelf kind of thing, I would definitely have a flare. Um, Also like refined sugars and flours and stuff like that would really uh, aggravate the RA. So slowly I was able to kind of test different things and kind of I've been able to control my symptoms just through diet and through actually exercise has helped a lot with relief. The one thing that I love about um, Katie's story and and why we have other ambassadors that we do outside of just fitness and looking good and feeling good and all these things. I mean, this was literally like a lifestyle change to feel better um, and change where you are. And one of our other ambassadors, like Kevin Ogar, and we just, I just did another podcast with uh, Sebastiana Lopez. She was in a serious car accident. I mean, their organs and Kevin Ogar was paralyzed during a CrossFit accident. They had to form conversation around rehabilitation for spinal cord injuries and organs and other things. So they changed their diet, not just to to live and look well, but genuinely to survive. So I think you guys in this space can really forge heavy conversation around lifestyle through that outside of the fitness thing. It really is a lifestyle. Yeah. Um, Definitely. So that's kind of my background of fitness, just competing. And I don't want to give competing a bad name. Like there are people who do it and they do it well and it works for them. But I think a lot of times girls kind of do it as a bucket list thing and they hire some random coach and they, they put them on a cookie cutter plan and they go through, it's not the right thing for them and it's too extreme. And so I think choosing a coach that really knows, you know, not to put you through those extremes and like can tell you if you can do it or not the healthy way and, uh, giving yourself enough time to do it the healthy way is so important if you do decide to compete. So I don't know, Amber, did you ever do competitions? No. So I've never, I've never competed and I have, I have kind of like the same outlook. I think that, that competing can be an extremely great way to create like a goal that somebody is determined to achieve. It's like, I'm going to compete. So they have, 
you know, they have this like end goal in mind. I also think that it creates a lot of dysfunction when you make your life about numbers. And I don't, I don't necessarily think that the why is big enough um, to be sustainable. And the way that I coach my athletes is your goals have to be sustainable I don't, uh, we're not going for a target date here. Right. We're going for something that you can maintain for an extended period of time. You talk about hormones and losing your period and all that. Like I've definitely experienced all of that, not in the name of competing, but more so in the name of like, I'm not lean enough. I'm in the fitness industry and I need to look right. this way all the time. So, um, it's, it's, interesting and I think that competing for some people is is like a oh I did that I you know nailed my goal and now I found this balance and too often I just find that the mental implications in in the face of the physical kind of end result is not worth it because then when you go back to your real life and you're not counting your macros or you see how high your calories are, right. you freak out. And right. you're like, I, I shouldn't be eating this. I can't do this. And so I think that, honestly, there should be some sort of protocol. If we need to rehab, like, our military from coming back from overseas, we need to, like, rehab our competitors in the right way to, right. like, coming back to real life because they've essentially been in, like, a boot camp. And we're not doing a good job teaching them how to undo all of the preparation that they did for those shows. And I think that there is a really good protocol that could be developed and that people could follow. And if somebody's out there listening to this, like, create that protocol because it's really well needed. Do you think it comes... Do you think it it comes up a lot? Like, do you guys have these conversations amongst, like... Male competitors? Like, is this oh, a yeah. relevant conversation oh, in yeah. the world? Okay. I mean, I think it should be, but it's, it's yeah. still not my space. And I think yeah, a lot of Yeah, no, times... it's 100%. It's, once people have competed, I, I have a lot of athletes that need that sort of, like, rehab or whatever, but they, they it's not a, um, you have to mentally undo sure. what they've believed in, but physically, there's a way to right. reverse diet out of it. Right. Um, and I talk a lot with my husband about this, because he rehabs a lot of competitors, too, but... It is, it's difficult, but it's more so on the mental side. Oh, yeah. 100%. I, yeah. And I, I always tell my competitor clients, like, our coaching does not end on show day. We mm-hmm. need to make sure that we reverse diet you, rehab your metabolism, and get you back to a healthy spot that you can be sustainable at without me and that I can teach you how to do that. And I tell them that up front, and I think every coach needs to tell that because otherwise you're leaving these these people with their metabolisms in the dirt mm-hmm. and they just they haven't had any like great food in a long time they want to eat it all and then they just gain all this weight they get depressed they it's awful well and then they end up doing another show because they think that that's the only way for them to get back to where they were and feel good right so i don't i'm not in the body um like fitness competing side, but even in, you know, all my collegiate athletes that, you know, are collegiate athletes and they go into the normal working world or they're going from pro NFL to just having a normal job. Like even that transition outside of the nutritional ramifications of anything they manipulated, just the mentality of not being a professional athlete or that lifestyle anymore. Like that's such a huge transition. Um, so it's exciting to me to hear that this is such a relevant conversation and it's actually happening um, amongst that community. 
definitely. And I didn't, I'm like thinking, I'm like, whatever what I said, and like me making the correlation of like our servicemen and women that have served mm-hmm. overseas. I'm not like saying, hey, people that have competed are just as important as you, but I'm just saying there definitely needs to be a protocol because there's, there's still like people here that are having a very, very, very hard time mentally kind of like um, re-assimilating back into a balanced lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and that's all I that I meant by saying that. And it's interesting because, you know, Katie and I kind of come from similar backgrounds but different. So I came from a uh, competitive sport background where when it came to competing, I didn't I, – I couldn't logically understand it because I was – I come from the background, well, I have a race the next day. I'm going to carb load the night before, right. make sure that I have tons of energy. I'm going to be I'm going to be performing my best. So right. when it came to competitions and I started to understand what these athletes went through to step on the stage, it was hard for me to understand why that was happening because they, they essentially couldn't do anything. Because <laughs> I, I remember preparing yeah. for shoots and stuff. I would pull out of my driveway and get to the end of my street, and I didn't remember where I was going. Yeah. Oh, wow. So mentally, I was, like, at my – physically, I'm at my weakest. Mentally, I'm just not even there. Right. And so as an athlete, what ended up happening was I walked away completely from the fitness industry, and I I just disappeared. And it was largely because I felt so much pressure – to look like a competitor, but then when I stepped mm-hmm. on set, I it didn't make any sense to me that I was physically my weakest, mentally my dumbest, but I was being glorified yeah. on covers of magazines, like, ooh, look at her, she looks so good, like, you want to look like this, and I was like, absolutely not, you don't want to look like this, because yeah. I'm an idiot right now, mm-hmm. and so I just left, I was like, I can't do this, as a, as a performance athlete, this is just going against everything that I believe in, and, um... So when I prepare for shoots now, my number one rule is shoot day. I step on the treadmill the morning of, and if I can't run a certain mile time, I have not done a good job fueling myself. And I have to go and have to have like a high carb, high calorie breakfast because I know that I've allowed what I look like to take over what I'm capable of. And for me, that's deal breaker. That's amazing. Do you, yeah. and I love this because it's such a larger conversation. Obviously you want to impact humanity and send positive messages, but again, shifting that business point where they, they have deliverables. They want you to look a certain way so they can sell X amount of magazines and their heart piece really isn't in it because they are in business. They just have to sell. Do you feel, can you, do you guys have the opportunity now? And I know Laura, um, oxygen magazine is very stringent about not editing. Do you have the power as cover models or what have you to say listen you can't edit this and like do you have control over that or you can be a voice in that mix or is it no. all them you don't no. at all wow okay. sorry bless you i don't know if that was a sneeze or not um so do, so i mean what are what are the options there like what is is it like consumers reaching out to magazines saying listen we don't want to see edited photos or partnering with brands that are really like i know dove has done a really good job about highlighting females all races sizes colors everything um I think that it's. I think that it's more so a. Um, it's kind of the publication's branding, and I know. So Oxygen has Oxygen. By the way, when they switched ownership, they stopped editing. 
which is a huge risk for them. Wow. Okay. Huge. And I personally appreciate it. And I think that that's like where this injury is kind of going. You can't argue with it. People want to see what's real. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but unfortunately when you step on set, you're paid to do a job. And unless you're on staff and you're in sort of like the director, like art positioning or anything like that, like you, you can't kind of, you can't dictate any of the photos that go out of you. And if you have a team that you know and trust, then you can kind of come to the table and say, hey, you know, this is my brand too. You're marketing me, but I am a brand and this is how I want to be portrayed. Then you can kind of maybe get some pull, but as a whole, nope. Can you build it in your contract saying like, listen, I get final say on photos or would that be like a no-no? I mean, you probably could, but you're also have to look at it that these people want to put you on their platform and they have a thousand other girls that give their right arm to have that job. Right. Right. But I think if our young people, again, are, this is all long-term play, but if they're saying, listen, I only follow these fitness women because they don't edit their shit. Right. I think that's a real conversation. I think our young girls are, I mean, they've been looking at social media now for half their lives. Yeah. Like they've been amongst it so they can really see the forest through the trees. And it's a thoroughly drawing a hard line of like, yeah, you know what? I read oxygen because I know it's not edited or because I follow these people. Um, I don't know. I just, I mean, this is new conversation ish to me. So I know if I live in the fitness industry and amongst people like you guys, and it's still kind of new to me. I think the more we talk about it, it actually really will gain traction. Yeah, I think we're on the cusp of definitely of it turning that way, whereas where businesses will will look for people who are real. They'll have to because that's what the readers will buy, mm-hmm. and the, the readers won't buy the fake stuff. And I think that hopefully we're on that that spin, the upswing. Yeah, the upswing. I would hope so. And that's my. I mean, at the end of the day, money moves chips and kind of moves the needles. Whether you love it or not. So if you can find good voices with actually good companies and help reverberate the message and find the right platforms, that's where real change can come from. Um, at least that's what I'm hoping. But I love <laughs> the, the deeper conversation around like, no, this is what actually happens. Um, and this is the process because I, I, I really do think listeners will go out and they'll DM, you know, Vogue or Oxygen or saying like, listen, I'm not going to do this anymore. And the consumer has yeah. more power than ever. And that is incredibly powerful incredibly and i i really do think that as as the fitness industry moves more towards a voice and less towards a look we will see the influencer having more of a say and i think that that's a huge huge conversation that needs to be had but i'll tell you the first magazine cover that oxygen did before they were owned by the company that they're owned by now the first magazine came out and I was a baby. I was like 24 years old. They took me from like a B cup to like borderline D cup. They, oh they like sculpted my shoulders for me. They like tucked in my waist and the whole thing. And I'm sure that well didn't good. feel good, good like, for hey, you. Oh, that I was like, going to say, holy I'm, moly. If someone did that to my photo, different. I would yeah. be like so um, disturbed pissed. and pissed. I'd be like, what the heck? Um, yeah, and this is like this is like back in the day when fitness was just starting to like be a thing at all. And um, so I look now. I, so there's a oxygen cover coming out that has not been edited at all, and I'm happy about it. I'm like, you know what? I'll take it all day because I'm proud that 
I've been in the industry for this long, and this is just like my everyday. At this point, what I'm marketing is my everyday look. Mm. I'm not preparing for anything. I'm just living my freaking life. Right. So and I'm proud of that, and it's it's great. So, well, And the consumer sees through that. Like, you guys oh, have yeah. to protect your voice at this point. Yeah. And I think that you, what you're saying is a conversation and sort of like a tilt in the industry that is going to – to happen inevitably yeah. as long as they continue to work with people that care about what they're saying and that aren't they're not just booking them because they're social media influencers you know mm-hmm. what I mean and we've yeah. already talked about the fact that more followers doesn't mean more pull you gotta have an authentic voice and authentic human beings that care about what you're saying right well and and if they don't pay attention to that again the consumer the dollar bill will just drop off so even if their heart isn't in the right, right place they'll give a crap about making money so they will audible sure. and find the right way and that's again from the business side it's fascinating to me because agencies not all of them but a lot of them are still marked onto okay you need x amount of influencers that have x amount of followers and then you just align them you don't meet them you don't talk to them there's no long-term investment it's just very much like a commodity of any other advertiser or thing versus dealing with actual human beings um definitely and that provides huge space for our smaller companies that really do get it because that was the only way they could afford to market um but now they have major impact so like these points of disruption are so massive um and so crucial but it's as things do evolve and turn over like these kinds of conversations and people like yourselves talking about it are so big because people feel it and they kind of get it but it's like what do you do and like how do i know if this magazine's telling the truth or if it's unedited or what it is like it's it's really hard to know what's real um so you have to go back to like the people you do trust and the people that are of influence in your world and being like okay what do you do or how was this experience or what was blah 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 but it's it's a hard it's a hard thing that's changing fast and you don't even really know what the right way is yet because it's so new to everybody yeah that's true and i think that that's what katie and i have experienced just in our like journey in fitness period is like we didn't know when she ran into her health issue, when I was like, I can't do this because I'm a performance athlete. Like, we didn't know what we were doing at that time. Yeah. But right. I think now, right. when we look back at our kind of, like, career, we're like, oh, my gosh. All oh. I had to do was essentially just stay true to myself, and it worked. Exactly. And I wish more people would just get that. But it's hard to just get that if you don't go through it, you know? Experience. Like, yeah. I don't mm-hmm. know. I, I'm just grateful that I have that that kind of um, ability to step back and look at it. Whereas I think a lot of people struggle with having that self awareness to say like, okay, we no, this isn't right. This isn't me. Yeah. Um, but kind of just to bridge off that topic, this popped in my head. Um, it's given me a different t- type of um, edge. I think that I can ha- use to relate to people who go mm-hmm. through health issues. Mm-hmm. And I can use that to talk to people who, because everybody struggles with some something like that. Um, and having have, had experienced it all, I can I can shed light into a subject that is not talked about enough. But from um, genuine space, right? And I feel like I have the ability to now, you know, do a cut, but know when it's not healthy, mm-hmm. and you know, be right. able to recognize what's healthy and what's not healthy. And I'm actually. I'm actually preparing for a show right now, but it's a WBFF show. No, it's funny, right? She's laughing at me. I know. See, I'm, I'm, I'm choosing her show, tequila, but yeah, I'm also real. drinking a margarita because balance. Yeah. And I'm not going to throw my life around and fo- like have this show overtake me and throw me out of balance. I'm going to cut down and I'm going to look really good and I'm not going to do anything extreme. Yeah. And I'm going to show people that it can be done that way and it can be healthy and it can be 
a normal thing. Well, be able to enjoy it a little totally. bit. We, we've all had X Absolutely. amount of days. Like people like some, you don't have to let right. it control your life. Yeah, you I, can have balance and achieve your goals. It's not turmeric and tequila. Exactly. Well, but I heard somebody yeah. say he's like, you know, there's I can't remember. It's like rich people walking around like they have an option to die, and it's like, no, we're all gonna die. <laughs> like, there's no way out of this. So stop living like you're gonna be here forever because if you don't like enjoy what you're doing these days and. I'm one of those where it's like, I want to train harder, work more, get like everything more is more. And God, you got to pull back and have this yeah. awareness of like, you have X amount of days, regardless of who's paying you or what title you're going to get or what award or cover or whatever. Right. You literally have X amount of days. So if you're spending on stuff that doesn't matter or you're genuinely not enjoying it, you got to change it up because stuff Definitely happens fast. Men. Yeah. Men. But like, I mean, I'm 38 I wrote- now, so I wish I knew this at 25. So you go, you go, girl. <laughs> oh my gosh, same, same. I wrote a blog for Oxygen that I think will be up shortly called uh, Three Things You Need to Know to Keep It Balanced and Badass." Love and, it. Um, the number one thing that I said was, well, actually, the number two thing that I said was memories over macros, Love and that's it. like a mantra that I preach to my team since the beginning and it's just like you know what guys we live and we're here one time and if your son is having a birthday party and you (laughs) order chocolate cake or it's your you you go home and your mom makes you lasagna you freaking eat that like i don't care who you are what you're preparing for you have one time margarita During your prep. Absolutely. And that's the thing. A lot of times, like, what what we're dealing with is, like, food is culture. Drinks are culture. And it's just, like, if you're going to make a memory, you can't sacrifice your macro. You can't sacrifice a memory for the sake of your macronutrients. I am not about that life. Exactly. 100%. No way. And when you look back, you're not going to be like, oh, I was really upset I ate extra macros that day. Or (laughs) you're going to look back and be like, God, I wish I would have drank that shot. I wish I would have, like, went to that party or whatever. Nobody says, hey, remember those memories I had with my mom when I had a six-pack? Yeah. Remember those memories I had with my mom when I ate her spaghetti and she was Mm -hmm. so happy? Yeah, I remember that. Is your mom a really good cook at Italian or something? No, she's just the best cook on the face of the planet, period. Not like, only I'll make you home. I was raised on pasta because it was cheap and we were poor. <laughs> pasta is literally the best. My family made homemade pasta every <laughs> Sunday. Seriously? Growing up, yeah. Oh, that's Big amazing. Italian. And again, that's a good, such bonding, exactly. like, baseline of, like, family and together time and experience. And yeah. it is so much bigger than, like, how you eat it and how it mm-hmm. then looks. My grandpa's 107 yeah, and he still makes pasta every Sunday. He's 107? 107. Girl, oh you've got a long journey. You'll Holy like this too, Amber. He just bought, he ordered an ab lounge from an infomercial and he does it every day. You want to see a video? <laughs> 100% I want to see the video. It's the cutest Amber, we'll play this sound so you can at least hear it in experience. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> You'll hear me like yelling at him because he's hard of hearing. Oh, I did see this on your Instagram. How is he 107? I know, right? Yeah, Grandpa. So he's all dressed up and everything. <laughs> right, whatever he's doing, I'll sign me up for that. I was going to say, so seriously, like, is that your, what's your background, national, like your nationality? I'm, I'm uh, half Italian, okay. quarter Spanish, and a quarter Yugoslavian. Okay. Are those, is that long age in that? Well, my, my Italian side, they're all in their hundreds. Seriously? Yeah. That means you're going to live your life four oh, times yeah. over. I'm going to live, I'm going to be like a really old lady. I already know. Oh you're already an old soul. I don't, I, I can't know. even imagine you, no, you're 25 at 
a hundred and something. You're gonna be like Mother Earth. It knows everything. I'll still be in the club trying to get in a rap video, but that's cool. You guys can be shaping lives. Oh, Amber, what's your um nationality? Wait, let me uh, guess. Let me I guess. am Native American and German. Oh. oh, okay. Would you guess that? Katie was gonna no, guess. I was gonna guess like Eastern European because the name. Mm, okay. Is that your maiden yeah, name? Yeah, and then I married an I married an Italian though, so yay. We're okay. just Motley's crew over here. <laughs> is, is your husband like super proud to be Italian? Because every Italian I know is really yes. proud to be Italian. Yeah. I mean that's good. You should yeah, be proud of what you are. I mean his last name is Raposta. Oh, amazing. Okay. And wait, tell us a little bit, this is a perfect segue, about his, the nutrition company and the whole 411 there. Hang on one second, hang on a second. Okay. I hope our computer didn't die. Sorry. We're, okay. we're, I'm letting people into the loft. Everyone's coming up to hang out. Oh my so. God, you're good. We'll let you go in two seconds. It's been a whole adventure. No, 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 we're good. So what was your question? Um, tell us about the, your husband's nutrition company. Is it you and him? So yeah, he owns a company called Built for Life, and he we're in the final stages of finishing this kind of custom website that is a, like a Spotify membership. It's like ten bucks a month, and what it does is it generates custom meal plans um, based on an algorithm that he and his colleagues have built. Um, it gives you an entrance questionnaire, and then it kind of spits out what their recommendation for you is, and then it also emails you um, a meal plan, a custom meal plan, and then a grocery list. Okay. So, and the reason behind that was we realized that when somebody wants us to create, like, a custom nutrition plan, it, it costs a decent amount of money because it's custom and we spend our time doing it. But sure. he, we both were raised with no money both of our parents were poor we were raised kind of not hard up but like we didn't have anything really growing up and so we realized and we watched kind of our families go through some health issues and weight issues and all this and we realized that you shouldn't have to have money yeah. to have health yeah. like it's not fair so we created well he created actually this whole idea of this membership it's like you know what babe if we created this membership and it was 10 bucks a month like people that normally couldn't afford like a custom nutrition plan or couldn't afford you know to like buy all these organic foods or whatever I can give them tools to actually be healthy and that shouldn't be based on your social status or your Mm -hmm. income you should just have that right no matter what and a lot of times people just aren't healthy because they don't have the information exactly so and then the spinoff of that is my business, which is built for her. And that's more of like the training side for, you know, your busy woman that needs to have a training plan that um, teaches her how to train like an athlete and keeps it short and simple and efficient so mm-hmm. she can go and get on with her regular everyday life, have a skinny margarita and take care of her kids and love her husband. Yeah. The margarita becomes the four of those, those two, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> it's science. Obviously. Um, it's so funny because I, I actually was just at that Rolling Stone event this past weekend that was um, Women Shaping the Future, and it was all these incredibly just smart um, 
all age women, all races, all economic back. I mean, it was just genuinely so diverse. Um, and it was a huge event, but I happened to sit next to Carla Hall, who's on the chew. And we were, we were just talking about, um, is the party starting? <laughs> Yeah, girls. Yeah. Um, We were just talking about she's like, you know, there's such a connotation around um, culture and like in particularly soul food and African-American culture. And and she did just wrote a cookbook, um, but she spoke about, you know, how income develops our ideas around what we can and can't eat or what we just do eat. And I had gone on a mild tangent around food deserts and, you know, some kiddos nowadays have never even seen a real vegetable. So, I mean, there's just so much work to be done regardless. I really think of culture because even, you know, I grew up in an athletic and fit family, but we ate like squeeze pop and like sugar sticks and like shit. My parents, and we ate pretty healthy, but like canned ravioli, like to them, that was kind of healthy like there was just such minimal conversation oh, yeah. around it girl fine fine dining yeah yeah Olive Garden and every, <laughs> I had a race I have a race I had a race every Saturday and my night uh the dinner that I had before I raced every Saturday was McDonald's love it and it was probably like a, it was probably <laughs> like a treat Friday. Yeah. I'm like I think I'm like at this point maybe pickled a little bit but you know we're fine <laughs> Well, what's funny, I was at McDonald's, oh God, well, shoot, even we were at Taco Bell the, at the oh. Arnold, because that's what you do at fitness events. Um, I think we spent like $50, and I was like, okay, time out. Like, if we, we didn't can spend- get our, all of our food, though. Uh, no, I think we shame. did. Someone no, ate my didn't. order. No, we didn't. <laughs> this is Katie's out. No, maybe I do. I do think they messed it up. Um, but we spent X amount of dollars. We easily could have bought a good amount of healthy food for that. I mean, clearly we oh, want yeah. a Taco Bell, but Definitely. I see how expensive- uh, fast food is nowadays. I'm like, oh my god, that value meal is still ten dollars. Like that paleo meal we just ordered was eight ninety seven. So it's it is absolutely an awareness of how to maneuver around it, and then you get to fuel impacting mental health, which is behavior and getting kids off ADD. Med- I mean, it's such a larger combo. Yeah. Fix with such a simple thing. Um, Definitely. But yes, I segue. But yes, to your point, and that's phenomenal that the business is. Um, out there and creating and reaching all demographics. How did you guys develop your algorithm? Like, what does that stem from? Or is that an obnoxious question? So the algorithm, so Andrew's a holistic nutritionist, and we have a couple um, super genius scientists, one sitting in my kitchen right now, um, that have kind of like created the algorithm based on um, holistic approaches to either, you know, the questions are like, are you weight loss? body type do you have a health concern because if you have a health concern nutritional therapy is a total different approach which is kind of what katie did mm-hmm. um so it's a few preliminary questions and the algorithm was based on like basically a team of holistic nutritionists oh okay got it how, how big is the team she said how big is the team the team currently is three oh, okay. two Double PhDs and Andrew, the holistic nutritionist. Wow. How did you guys meet them? Yeah. So we work with them because I hosted um, my women's events in Tampa, Florida. Um, And so as a part of my women's events, I gave them access to a team of scientists that could essentially answer any of their questions. They are responsible for publishing a lot of the uh, journals that you see in, like, modern, like, any current release, this team 
Uh, especially as far as like the ketogenic diet, things like that. But this team is responsible for publishing a lot of current day uh, scientific journals as far as nutrition is concerned. And um, they, we just kept in touch. And so now two of them are off doing their own thing. And uh, I still have, well, my husband still has relationships with them. So he teamed up uh, with them. And now we have this like ridiculous team of tatted up young dudes with double PhDs creating <laughs> nutrition algorithms. Cool. Love it. Okay. Um, and are they all, yeah, if you want, if you want connects, I got you. I was going to say, yeah, absolutely. Um, it just goes back to that responsibility that everybody feels to just help people. You know what I mean? When your heart totally. is to help people, right. you're going to be successful no matter what. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Easier said than done, but a hundred percent agree. It's, it's yeah. real. And maybe success, maybe success isn't always about money at the end of it. I always absolutely. say that. I'm like, oh. you know what? Money for me, money is monopoly money. I'm like, cool. But like, am I, am I helping people? Like, yeah. am I really purposeful? Yeah. I mean, you could, you could be yeah, a multimillionaire matters. in this rule. Yeah. A lot of them are. Mm-hmm. Well, on that Katie, note, I have a call out. I have a call out for you, Katie. Okay. I need to see some of this art on your Instagram. <laughs> Yeah, see, the other angles of these, I'm telling all you. Right, all right, all right, I know. It's really, we told her I'm this. I'm just saying, I'm saying, don't hide. The don't angles. Hide. Okay. It's okay. amazing. Well, on that note, what else? We'll wrap up here because I know we got parties and workouts and um, Katie's got Weston. All the things are happening. Where, what is on the next thing on your guys' agenda? Um, and then where do we find you? Me first. Sure, Katie, Hello. go. Oh. Or Amber, Amber, you go. I <laughs> Oh, sorry. Sorry, Katie. No, you're good. Hey, no sorries here. Loud person. (laughs) So I have, um, I'm going to be speaking at an event at the end of April called Fierce Lab in Dallas. Awesome. Um, And you can find me um, at the end of April in Dallas or on Instagram at at Amber Dodds-White, D-O-D-Z-W-E-I-T. That's basically where you're going to find me and... And then we'll be friends. Amazing. Yay. Yay. E-friends. Yeah. <laughs> well, I hope I can actually connect with you like in person sometime. <laughs> yes, with girl. tequila, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> Katie, where are you at? Okay, what's so, coming up? So coming up for me, I'm actually in the midst. I'm knee deep in launching my own women's activewear line. So I'm so excited about that. So and I got to say, not just reprinted. She's literally designing. Oh, no, I cut and sew everything. Yes. And I'm, the whole thing. I'm like so excited about that so is your dog cleo is too you got one fan <laughs> um but that's going to be launching probably midsummer, or i'm hoping early summer but we'll see so oh i'm having a amber you're totally invited having oh. an official launch party it's going to be a pool party at my gym and it's it's in mission beach it's like the the when like, is this when is the date of this the ocean it's going to be amazing uh probably i'm going to do it after i actually launch so probably like late summer Okay, just give us a heads up. We'll okay. obviously send product or sponsor or whatever. Well, you better send your, your Well, obviously, I'm going to send my Yeah. <laughs> little there. I love it. Your subway was, and you can see the ocean. I mean, yeah, I'm there if you can't yeah. see the ocean, and tequila's there, and your apparel's <laughs> there, and you're there. We're good. Um, okay, wait. Uh, other event, I just yeah. want to squeeze in. I know Amber has to go. I'm doing Booty Bible Boot Camps, and the proceeds, all the proceeds are going to go to charitable cause. Um, 
I'm going to be trying to do them once every like three months or so. So first one's going to be in San Diego, but I want to do them around the um, country. Tell us a little bit about it. So you show okay, up, so everything the, works out. So yeah, so I, I launched an ebook called The Booty Bible and there's it's done amazing. Everybody loves it. There's a lot of social buzz about it and people are getting results. And so I thought, why not do Booty Bible boot camps? We can meet, we'll do a workout from the Booty Bible. They can meet me. We can work out together. They can meet each other. We'll take photos and all the proceeds will go to a charitable cause. It's a good way to bring people together, like-minded people, have a really great time and have the, them be involved in something really good. That's awesome. Okay. Love it. I would say this from the business side, the more you guys can be in front of the community and people see you in person. I mean, obviously you look phenomenal on the internet and your voice and what you're saying is awesome. But when they get to meet and see and vibe with your energy, I think it's, I mean, I had the pleasure of getting to meet both you in person and see it myself, but it's so impacting. You got to see it the Arnold, Katie. Um, when people get to see who you guys are and how you are as humans, I think is phenomenal. That'd be yeah. my only recommendation. <laughs> get out in the public as much as you, as, as your soul can handle it. I know. Cause I think people genuinely enjoy both of you. Um, Hey, maybe I'll do it in Fort Lauderdale. There you go. Um, yes. Yes. You better. You guys better come down here. <laughs> we will. We've got a couple ambassadors down. We're going to try and get down there at some point. We've got a lot of West Coast stuff or West Side, I should say, things mm-hmm. happening. So we'll have to get over uh, to the East Side and um, to Florida and whatnot. Katie, your your husband's got some dove tattoos. That's like next on my list. So I'm gonna, hey. I'm gonna pick your brain. <laughs> He's my boyfriend. Just like, put that in there. tattoos are pretty amazing he's all over pinterest we keep finding people that How have his tattoos really i don't really no, care about oh my him God. i just want you to tell me like where he got them done uh carlos <laughs> torres in la boom there you go Perfect. carlos and shout outs Amazing. <laughs> I will, Fort Lauderdale, both of you. Yeah, it's on the For agenda. Sure. But we will also do this podcast again. This was a tornado of all things. We're on Katie's <laughs> computer at this point. Um, we're eating over meals, and it's been a whole thing. But I really appreciate both of you guys making some time. I know everyone's so busy. Um, the power connection is like second to none in my world and heart space. So um, I hope you guys can stay connected. But thank you for time and energy. Um, all of my <laughs> potential listeners out there. <laughs> I think my mom's out there. Um, please check these guys out and lots of good stuff to come. I think from both of them. So just keep your eye I didn't on them. Say where they can find me. Oh, I'm Katie, on- where can we find you? <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm on <laughs> Instagram and YouTube are my my heavy hitters. What are your handles? Uh, <laughs> what was that, Amber? Are you good over there? <laughs> Do we lose you? I'm good. Yeah. Oh, okay. Did um, I make a noise? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was tweeting my phone screen off of the towel. Oh, okay. <laughs> Did you spill margarita on it? <laughs> uh, no. I literally was like, looked at my phone screen and I was like, ew. That that bit was for Tupac. All right. So, sorry, Katie, what, Katie, what okay. were you handle? Instagram, cute Katie bug. Don't make fun of me. It was my, like, it was my childhood email. My first email I ever had. <laughs> so, yesterday. <laughs> Shut up. It's, it's, it's cutie Katie bug, right? No, it's cute Katie bug. Cute Katie bug. C-U-T-E, okay. Katie bug. And then you I think it's right on brand for you. Yeah. In all the yeah, I'm gonna call you that from now on. <laughs> I'm with you, Amber. I'm supporting uh, that. And then YouTube's just my <laughs> name. Hey Katie, what's going on? <laughs> yes. Everybody does that. Wait, Love Kayo, it. what are your handles? <laughs> my handles are I'm even more basic than that. Madonna's hero, which was constructed well after elementary school. Um, not knowing Instagram would ever matter. Uh, and then KO Alliance is just KO Alliance um, for my consulting setup. All the things.
Um, but that puts it a wrap. Thank you guys again. Um, we'll do this again and we'll chat soon. Amber, have so much at your party, please. Have so much fun. I'm already missing Thank words you. now. Holy cow. <laughs> Thank you guys. It's been fun. Yeah, uh, it has been. Thanks, girl. We'll wrap soon. Katie. Yeah. Katie, I need some of that art, girl. Yes, she's Wait. right. Your art. Okay, all right. I'll do it. We'll put all the right. pressure on. We're with you. I'm Perfect. actually going to make prints of one of my paintings. That you got to do now. Yeah. Yes. I do need I'm a fan. Okay. Okay. Perfect. All right. We'll chat soon. Thanks, Amber. All right. Talk to you soon, guys. Okay. Bye. Thank you for joining Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Tune in next time. And don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. 